You're listening to The Good GP, the podcast for busy GPs. Hello and welcome to The Good GP. I'm Sean Stevens, and today I'm interviewing my good friend, Dr. Todd Cameron, who's practice owner extraordinaire and one of the founders of Scale My Clinic. Welcome, Todd. Thanks, Sean. Alrighty. So, Todd, I've been really impressed with the way that you approach patient engagement and also the way that you sort of break down ideas and things into chunks. So, can you tell me how it is that you approach the first ever consultation with a new patient? Yeah, I think um, this is a really interesting part of just general practice full stop. And I think it's probably useful to have a different frame with this. And one of the things that we do, I think, poorly in general practice is lack a sufficient holistic view of what we're trying to achieve. So what I mean by that is in most cases, people should be looking at providing um, more comprehensive care to their existing group of patients. So often when I, when I talk to GPs about what they need, it's easy for them to say, I need more patients. And if we just made it a generic business conversation, people would say, I want more customers. But actually what they should be doing is making sure that they look after their existing patients and in a generic business sense, customers better by providing a broader range of services to them because they're kind of already bought into you as their GP in the case of uh, general practice. So we don't, we don't sort of want to be like a utility or a bank where, you know, if you've been there for a long time, you kind of get screwed a bit for the benefit of the newbies that have never been there. So I think the first thing is make sure that you're doing a great job for your existing patients. And that's kind of at, at sold at the GP level and then also at a practice level just to make sure that you're doing the right thing by all of your existing patients because every time you try and recruit a new patient to your practice, it's really resource intensive. You know, it's usually going to cost you money in some way or other to recruit them and even if it doesn't cost you money to actually acquire them through marketing and, and so forth, there's extra costs involved in just uh, making sure that the details are in the system, they understand your fees, you know, you can understand that's a much longer phone call. Because of all of the extra work that goes into the first consult, you've got to make sure that you then do the bit that's really important. So that first visit is actually, it's like the first meeting with a GP. It's your first opportunity for really good retention straight away. And so that's how I'd usually approach that. Make sure you're doing a good job on the others. And then the thing with the first consult is, I think this is something that's probably worth people thinking a bit about, but usually in business, there's this kind of idea about a risk reversal on the first visit and this might be challenging existing thinking. You could make the first visit a longer visit and, and you know, it might be that something like 20 to 30 minutes. In some cases, that would, be, that would be longer than what's required and in some cases less, of course. But you could make that a special visit that was bulk billed on the basis that kind of people have a risk-free, you know, try before you buy. Or alternatively, you could take the view that you charge your normal fees and if people aren't prepared to make that commitment the first time around, you're not interested. And I'm interested before I go any further in your thoughts on that, Sean, whether you've had any thoughts around, you know, how that first consult should be priced. Yeah, look, I think you want to get patients used to what your practice billing profile is. I remember one of the senior GPs I used to work with, he said, you want to train your patients so that they know what to expect. And certainly my practice has always been to charge appropriately, charge what you're going to be charging moving forward. And I'd suggest that's probably mine. I have got a bit of a different view now just from being engaged in a wider world of business that there could be some merit in this. And I think that the philosophy for, for this should be positioned really carefully and it should be positioned that the doctor is deciding whether they want to take you on. Again, that would be challenging for some 
people, but if the doctor is kind of in the buyer position rather than the seller position and the patient is really there to state their case to get on the register, as it were, and that dynamic would be the right dynamic just for a healthy future relationship, I like. So I think is a way to look at this whereby the patient would have a good idea of the expectations beyond the first visit and there would be a restricted time on the first visit. So, you know, in many cases you couldn't address all of these things. But I think that's just a thought and particularly if you had a doctor that was, you know, struggling to build up a patient base, that just might be a way of approaching it where they get to meet a larger number of people and let's just say they meet 100 new patients. They might decide that 70 of them are really highly aligned with the avatars that they love to serve and the other 30 at the end of that 30 minutes, they might decide that they're not necessarily the right match for each other. We don't tend to do that much in GP. You know, we we tend to think our job is to take all comers. But I think that, you know, the the more that you kind of, I'm going to use, you know, air quotes, mature as a doctor, ideally you're really training the cohort that you see well and, you know, that makes better for them, easier, more accessible, you know, more of an attention to planned care than ad hoc care. And in doing so, you know, you kind of, as a team, you just work more effectively, like you're kind of clear about what each other's roles are and what your goals are. And ideally they're in an area that kind of is an area that you have a special interest or a particular interest in where you can offer kind of an unfair competitive advantage, you know, just advice and knowledge of the scope of most. So that's kind of my thinking around, you know, it's how you might choose the right, we call them avatars, as you know, in Scarma Clinic, um, you just want to choose the right patient avatars that really, really suit you. And ideally we're kind of qualifying them at a marketing level as well. So that means any content produced by the practice would kind of speak to those avatars. You know, you might just keep reiterating who it is that you prefer to serve. Again, not saying there are groups of people that you don't serve, but you just want to make sure that they're people that are really well aligned with with your interests. So perhaps then if we uh, take a look at the actual consultation itself now. So they've Mm. they've come in, they've booked an appointment. It's their first visit to see you as a GP. You really want to connect there. Do you have any tips for how to connect with that sort of patient when they're in the room? Yeah, so I think that there are a few elements to this that are probably worth breaking out. And, you know, the ideal thing is that there's an orientation to the practice of sorts, which can be outsourced to the the reception team. So they should be talking a little bit about, you know, things like your hours of operation, what happens when you're not open and how you deal with preferred GPs. Be a good opportunity to introduce things like a buddy system, you know, where You know, in your practice, Sean might say, look, if you're not here, then, you know, this person is the ideal person to see in their place and uh, what other services they have in the practice, you know, just a reminder about the billing rules, et cetera, et cetera. You might get them to download their booking app. Just kind of do as much as you can to, you know, orientate that person at the start and that might take 10 or 15 minutes. And then usually there's some kind of documentation that is about the patient's history And it's really important that that gets to the GP in a timely manner so they can kind of then start to address the patient agenda. And then once we get into the room, the ideal scenario is that there's an orientation to the patient. And so in that, I'd expect to cover, you know, a little bit about their home circumstances, their supports, their family history, and, you know, what type of care they've had in the past. And you would also like to know why it is that they're looking to change the person that's responsible for their care. Once you feel like you've got a good understanding of them, it's probably a time to move to you. 
So you talk a little bit about your accessibility appointments, fees, your preferences for telehealth face-to-face. A lot of this stuff could be documented. You might just talk about it and give that person a resource, or indeed you might put a video up on your YouTube channel for your practice and just share the link with them. And then you talk about, you know, how you approach results, all the kind of normal things in the practice. And once you're comfortable that you kind of is a little bit like, you know, dating, I guess, you, you're kind of comfortable Speed you've got dating. a bit of an idea about each other. Yes, yeah, it's not usually that fast though, is it? But, you know, <laughs> I, I always have this rule, Sean, that with, uh, with humans, fast is slow and slow is fast. So we kind of want to get a lot of this stuff out in the first visit. And then the key thing is their expectations. So on most people I haven't thought about this, you know, we just say to them, what are your expectations with your health? And I'm interested, I, I'll ask you, is that a question that you would ask people Often, you know, what are your expectations? What are your plans? What are your aspirations for your health? No, it's not something I ask often. And, and I think you're right. The first visit is the perfect time to, to do that. And so people say really interesting things there. You know, sometimes people say, look, you know what? I really want to take less medications. I want to stay in my house for as long as I can. It's the kind of stuff that ideally is part of, you know, your CDM planning and your preventative health planning. But I think we don't ask patients enough about what their aspirations are. And so then what happens is they see health as they come and attend you when there is a problem with their health, but they're not sort of having a mindset around self-care, maintenance and prevention, which is really what we want to do. And that's, I mean, that's the golden general practice. You know, that's the real value that we add by preventing problems from occurring. And people often stun with what their priorities are. I think, you know, it's really easy to assume an agenda from our perspective by hearing those stories. But the real gold in the first consult is somebody comes in with a fairly, you know, typical presentation, might be an earthy or something like that, and say it's somebody in their 40s or 50s that hasn't had much in the way of care. You take a little bit of extra time to do just the weight, the height, get, you know, a BP, and ask a little bit about the family history. And then there's likely to be some preventative care that's required for those type of patients. But even just doing those things, the number of people who say no one's ever done that for me is extraordinary. Mm, yeah. You know, it's really common, isn't it, that people say, wow, that's it really is. cool. No one's checked this before. And then, you know, when they go back home, speak to a partner, speak to friends, and you say, listen, they'll say, oh, not only did the doctor solve the problem I went in, and, and oftentimes that doesn't really require any particular attention. But the other things, you added a lot of value by saying, okay, well, it sounds like we probably should do some tests for this. We should do some assessment for this. Could you do, I'm a massive fan of homework. So I love giving patients a project and just saying, okay, I'm going to see you in two weeks. In the meantime, you're going to go and gather this, this, and this, write it down for them. You're going to bring it in with you next time. You're going to make this type of appointment and we're just going to cover that stuff only. And, you know, that might be things like family history. And people give you a family history. You think, well, it's really not clear what's happened there. Uh, But we probably do need to know because if it was bowel cancer, then, you know, that might be relevant for you. But if it wasn't, then... We'll have a chat about it. So mm. I, I love to give people a bit of homework. In fact, my favourite thing is that they have the homework and I don't. Uh, because <laughs> Suits <laughs> because, me too. <laughs> exactly. We're all busy, right? And, and I, I really love patients that are proactive and, you know, they, they are accountable for their own health. That's not yeah. everybody. You know, understandably, there are people that for periods of time, you know, they don't actually, you know, they aren't able to do that and they rely on us for motivation slash inspiration. But in the end, it needs to be, self-sustaining and so i think that kind of consult is a really cool consult and you kind of need to give people a few things in that consult one is we need to solve the problem they present with we need to get to some kind of a connection where there's you know a social connection of sorts and in my case i usually say 
things like, hey, uh, so, you know, I, I use best practice and I use that free text line at the top. And if, if you see one of my patients, it'll say, you know, they're back for the West Coast Eagles, their dog's called Rover, and they've got three kids. And I usually put the year they're born because otherwise you always make that mistake if you go, oh, hey, Jimmy. And they go, no, that's not Jimmy, that's Johnny. And you think, oh, man, I've done that five times now. Uh, <laughs> right. yeah. um, and, and so that kind of stuff partners names jobs all the things that kind of help me establish rapport really quickly yeah you know and my standard kind of monday morning opening with patients would be i had your footy team go on the weekend then they know i you know that i'm this person you know yeah. if they're into that kind of thing the other thing i would say you know because having been in one practice for 16 years and now having worked in two practices in three years and therefore doing a lot more of these new consults, first consults, the things, you know, like you say, you want to get the full history and you want to go that extra mile and do stuff that, you know, other GPs haven't done. And, the you know, you do the alcohol and the smoking and stuff and people, you know, sheepishly uh, respond to that. But the thing they really open up to is the family history and the occupation. And like you say, being able to form that connection and, you know, people usually like talking about their job and what they do and what's good about it and what's bad about it and and so forth. So, yeah, and I think, and like you say, that comments bit at the top of best practice and most practices, most uh, software has it. You make a comment like that, that you know each time, yeah, jogs your memory. The other thing I do too, when I'm not sure if you do this one, is if you know they're going on an extended holiday, you put it in the notes and then when they come back from the holiday, you can go, oh, how's that holiday to Broome? And they go, wow, they remembered. <laughs> yeah, I, I have an interesting story about that in that I had, um, I do exactly that. And I'll even say, you know, the names of grandkids and all that kind of stuff when they're walking, just because, again, it just helps me reconnect and establish rapport much more quickly the next time. Um, this person had the misfortune of being caught with a work cover claim and the opposition lawyer was reading out the notes saying, and then he did this and then he did this. She came in and, and it was a really interesting conversation because she said, I didn't realise all of that was in the notes. I thought you remembered that. And I said to her, and I've known this patient for a long time, I said, look, I do have a good memory, but I do like to not rely on it. And so I can leave those things out if you'd like, but I believe it makes me less of a good GP. And I think the problem here is that the lawyer breached your privacy rather than the notes not being correct. She had a good think about it, came back the next week and said, you know what, I prefer you keep doing everything the way that you do it. And I like the fact that that's in there, but it was shocking to me when somebody read it out. So, you know, it's really interesting. Mm. I think, yep. didn't expect that, but, you know, it was a good conversation to have around the notes. Yeah. And as you say, right, recording all of that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, definitely. The other group I'd like to just briefly touch on is when you're seeing, you shouldn't see friends, but say you're seeing friendly acquaintances or yep. you're seeing colleagues, I think get the elephant in the room of billing out of the way. And yep. the way I speak to my doctor patients, is I say, look, you know, normally I bulk bill colleagues, but I've had some doctors tell me that they would prefer to be billed. What would you prefer? And then I, like yep. you say, just document that. And I think that's particularly that, important. That's right idea. It's just so yep. there's not, and I think that's true of anybody. It, when you look at, at, you know, in, in any business that you engage with, there's probably two things that are most important. One is that the quality of the service overall is high. But the second thing is that the reliability is high. So there's not high variability in the experience. You know, all of us have had, had a business that we go to where one time you go there, they shoot the lights out. It was awesome. The next time you go there, it's awful. And in most cases, our brain says, 
that's just too stressful. I'm not going to do it because I don't know what I'm going to get. So you're better off to have really consistent approaches to things. Mm. Uh, when people don't record that stuff, you're going to get problems. Mm. Interesting. Well, Todd, thank you very much. Again, some fantastic insights and I love the way your brain thinks. It is different to any other GP I know. So <laughs> thanks for sharing your insights. Pleasure, mate. Uh, always good to have a chat, Sean. Thank you. Good on you, Todd. See ya. See ya.